This episode of the Warriors Huddle is brought to you by the Athletic Club Oakland, a sports bar we love. If you listen to this pod, you enjoy watching sports, and you already know that watching games with other fans makes that experience even better. Obviously, catching a game at the house on your own is fine. I've done it for decades, but watching a game in a spot that lets you scream and cheer and just generally lose your shit with other Dub Nation fans is way more fun. COVID took that from us for a while, but the ACO is giving it back. The Athletic Club Oakland has shut down their entire side street, not just the parking spots in front. Their entire side street created an enormous outdoor space called the Town Gardens and filled that space with tables, more than 15 huge TVs, and their full complement of great service, food, and drinks. It's big. It's comfortable. It's a great spot to watch Steph continue to rain threes, the NFL playoffs, or really any other sport with other fans while still staying safe. I love this bar. I love their food. I love their space. I love their TVs. I even love that it's pretty family friendly. I can roll here with friends and get too fired up, or I can go with my wife and kid and simply enjoy a game while also having brunch. The Athletic Club is now our go-to spot to watch all sports, especially the Warriors, and we hope you'll join us there. The Athletic Club Oakland, where sports fans can be sports fans again. We're going to bring you on to our huddle. You are in Warriors Huddle with me, Bram, with me per usual, my boy producer, Marcus. What's up, Dub Nation? And our master of all things sound, Maxine. How's it going? Gentlemen, fired up to announce after way too long. The Golden State beat writer for the San Francisco Chronicle, a man who attends every single Warriors practice, press conference, shoot, around and game, and a guy who had me a little bitter and jealous because he had the opportunity to watch the coronation of Steph as our three-point king, Mr. Connor Laterno. What's going on, Connor? Hey, thanks for having me. It's been uh, way too long. It's good to be here. Yeah, we miss you, man. Um, It is phenomenal to have you. And I think I want to pause and allow all of you to compliment my super dope fucking Golden State hat. Does anybody want to say anything right now? Do you want to wait? You know, I love that logo. That's my favorite uh, Warriors logo. I wore this for you. I wore this for you, Connor. Um, Although I only heard one of you. I mean, Marcus, Maxim, do you guys want to say anything? We can wait till later if you want. I mean, totally up to you. Well, I'll take a moment to uh, to just shout out Connor for having some art on the walls. That's pretty nice, Connor. Yeah, yeah. This is my room. Uh, I don't have any art on the in the living room, but uh, in my bedroom, I do have a couple of things. So the last time we did one of these, Connor went out of his way to open up. From what I can tell, every door in his room, and so you could like see into his closet. You could see into his living, like the whole nine yards. Today, much better setup. It's looking nice. Not as nice as my hat, but you know you can't win them all, <laughs> gentlemen. Let's jump in. Um, we actually have a theme emerging down the line. Uh, themed episodes always make me feel fancy and excited. So I'm, you know, I'm certainly feeling fancy and excited for this. But before we hear that theme, let's do a quick glass half full. Connor, you've done this with us more than a few times. The concept is easy. Gentlemen, look back at the last few games, last couple of weeks, however far you want to go, and give me something you either like or don't like about basketball or the Warriors in general. Connor, let's start with you, man. We haven't heard from you for far too long. Um, something I like, um, man, there's a, there's a lot of things I like, but uh, uh, right now one of the things I like is Andre Iguodala. Um, you know, I was a little skeptical on their signing him this past offseason. I thought he's way, way past his prime. It felt more like a nostalgia play. Like, is this, is this guy actually going to help in any real way? Um, he, he was not good in Miami last season by any stretch of the imagination. But, you know, even though he's missed a considerable amount of time with, with some knee swelling, when he has played, he's been pretty pretty helpful. And the past two games, he's really come on strong. He's doing the Andre things that you're used to seeing in this dynasty years. You know, he's he's seen things happen before they unfold. He's, he's you know, making really nice reads. He's He's got, like, these, like, low-angle bounce passes to Steph on the run. You know, it's he's doing the things – that you're used to him doing and uh it's been a huge a huge asset so props to bob myers for i don't want to say take a flyer on him but for believing that he could still help because i think a lot of people wrote him off after last season 
I'd say at this stage, and obviously this is not what's happening because Andre is not this guy, but at this stage, it almost feels like he didn't give a single fuck in Miami. Like he was there, like giving him like B minus effort and kind of playing around. And then now he's back here and being the Andre of old. And I think it's been far enough along. Like I have been optimistic and so happy about Andre up until now, but I've also been waiting for it to maybe disappear. Like there's no way he can keep this up, you know? And I think at this stage he can, I think what we're seeing him give us is something that we can count on, not only for when he's healthy throughout the regular season, but in the playoffs too. I agree with that. Uh, MT like, or don't, what do you got? I'm going to go with like, and that um, Steve Kerr was named the head coach of USA basketball. I think it's, um, uh, it, it's well-deserved and it's a reward for, for how Steve approaches the game and, and builds a culture. But I think just how players get a bump in terms of when they play in, a, in an Olympic year, usually when they um, play in the next NBA season, they're usually pretty good and you can um, enjoy that Olympics bump in terms of production right off the bat because um, they didn't have those few months off. I think it'll be the same way for coach Kerr as well. He's already doing a great job, um, you know, with the team this year. And I think he's in the running for coach of the year because of our record. But I, I, I think him taking that over and having that responsibility and then being close to Spolstra and um, who else? Uh, Monty Williams and then Mark Few. I think that's just a great cast and he'll learn a lot and become an even better coach. And I, I, I look forward to the bump in coaching that coach Kerr will get from that as well. See what I look forward to is recruiting opportunities. Um, so yeah, I lo- absolutely love that he got that position. He gave a incredible acceptance speech that just showed how capable he is socially. He he subtly touched on all of these groups in sequence, letting them know how they contributed to his success and how it wasn't him. You know, it's how everyone around him that put him in the position. Wow, thank you. Uh, thank you so much, Grant. What a, what an incredible honor and. Um, opportunity. It is uh, truly humbling. People say that all the time, but this is truly humbling when I think about how few coaches have ever had this opportunity uh, to be uh, the the coach of the Olympic team and and of USA basketball Um, and how many amazing candidates there are out there. Um, So I have been very, very blessed, very lucky in my career and this opportunity is the result of um, being in the right place at the right time, working with the right people, um, having a lot of people lift me up along the way, and um, and then you know, given the opportunity uh, to be part of USA Basketball over the last few summers. Um, so I also want to thank Jerry Colangelo and Greg Popovich for the opportunity to be part of the staff over the last three summers. No question that the reason I'm sitting here now is because of that opportunity, you know, to coach with Pop, to experience uh, both the World Cup and the Olympics. It's a really unique situation. It's a unique environment. It's basically a six-week sprint uh, where you get the players together and you get the coaching staff together and you got to figure out a way how to win pretty quickly. And I think back... um, to this past summer in Tokyo, winning the gold medal, doing so with a group of players and coaches, we will share that bond for life. And I think the same thing that attracts players to want to play uh, for the national team is what attracts coaches. Finally, I want to thank the Warriors um, because, you know, I've had one coaching job in the NBA with the Golden State Warriors, and my life has been enhanced beyond belief by coming uh, to the Bay Area and working in this organization with Joe Lacob and Peter Guber and the rest of the ownership group, um, Bob Myers, um, all the assistant coaches uh, that that I've enjoyed uh, having by my side over the years, and you know, most importantly, the players, um, Steph, Draymond, Andre, Clay, uh, down the list. Um, those are the guys who are responsible for me sitting here because you don't uh, reach this level unless you have success and you don't have success unless you have players. Um, so I want to thank, thank the Warriors and thank all of our players. And that's a good reminder that you got to get some players for us uh, in, the, in the next couple of years. Thank yes. you. But recruiting 
you know, the, the best of the best end up in the Olympic system, you know, and if Kerr is there subtly showing everybody how fucking fun it is to be a part of his system and his locker room, there's no way it can hurt us. And there's a great chance that it can help us. So if he learns nothing from any of the other coaches, which, you know, I mean, maybe he will. I like your take, Marcus. Maybe this will be like a, a advancement of his own career. But if all he's doing is in there cracking jokes and flirting with superstars, let's go, dude. Like that, that sounds like the exact opportunity I want. Um, this has been all rosy. Let me give you guys something I don't. And it steps out of Warriors world, but it's, it's worth throwing out there. I don't like this thing with Kyrie Irving. So I mean, for whoever has not been paying attention, you know, Kyrie has had his stance. Um, he's had a showdown with his home team, with Brooklyn. He refused to get vaccinated. And up until this last week, Brooklyn's stance was, well, all right, fuck you. You know, you, you can't miss out half the games. Um, we care about the safety of our players. So until you get vaccinated, you can't be a part of this team. Well, that shifted, gentlemen. The, uh, the COVID virus has spread itself throughout almost everybody on Brooklyn. They literally didn't have enough people to feel the team. And so one of the ways they made up for that difference is they changed their stance. Kyrie Irving is back now. I get having to bring people in, but them folding in this circumstance be like if uh, like if a fire department was trying to fight a fire and they ran out of firefighters and they brought in some arsonists to help them. You know, like, like I get that you need more people, dude, but you may have just made this thing a lot worse. And the fact that he won bothers me. It bothers me. So if there's something I don't, that's what I don't like. It's uh, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's such a bad precedent to set. It's like when they came out and said that he was not going to play um, in any games this season or at the beginning of the season, I thought that was great. I, I thought, you know what, it's such a bad precedent to have someone only play road games it just it sends the message to the rest of your team that superstars matter more and mean more and you're not treating everyone equally yep. and for them to just acquiesce when things get hard and, and let him come back i think is so weak um, i think it speaks to their organizational culture i don't think that would ever happen with the warriors um, i think it's laughable looking for another hoops podcast to add to your roster check out the knuckleheads NBA veterans Quentin Richardson and Darius Miles are lifelong friends and are bona fide truth tellers. Listen in as they invite special guests, high profile athletes, musicians and entertainers to get brutally honest about everything from current events to untold stories, from sports to culture. They're in their seventh season and making moves that are worth listening to. Check them out wherever you listen to your podcast. You know, I didn't get a chance to say something I didn't like. Something I, I just don't like a lot of things that are coming out of this whole COVID situation. Obviously, I don't like COVID, but um, <laughs> a lot of the conversations that are happening around it, I don't appreciate. Um, there is a serious, or at least there was a serious conversation at one point within NBA circles over whether or not they should let asymptomatic players play. Um, and there was a legitimate debate, I know this sounds ridiculous, over whether or not basketball is a contact sport. And so they're, you know, just because they're so desperate, they were thinking, you know what, what if we just let the guys who aren't showing symptoms still play? That is so idiotic and stupid. And um, like, look, I know it's a tough situation, but the answer is not to let people with COVID play. Um, And uh, the fact that that was even bandied about in in league circles, I think is completely absurd. It's terrifying. I mean, it's for as long as this thing is not treated as a global pandemic, you know, maybe they can continue to play even if they have it, then we're going to continue to see variants like Omicron, you know, but I, well, I don't, I won't jump down a COVID rabbit hole. I've screamed enough vaccination, um, you know, pro-vac takes into this mic, but I agree with you, Connor. I a hundred percent do. Maxine, what do you got? Like, yeah, don't. A few things, right? One thing that I like is um, Connor's use of the word acquiesce. Very nice. Oh, yeah, he nailed it. He nailed Ooh. it, dude. And, he, and you should have his fucking, his like facial expression as he said it, just like knocked it out of the park. It's like, oh yeah, I do know this word and I yeah. will use it like a fucking pro. So that's- Use it daily. I use it daily. <laughs> Hell of easy. I acquiesced to him allowing me to hear that term. Fuck, I fucked it up. I thought I was going to be able to use it just as well. And it, it was, I didn't have the facial expression that's on me. Well, this is why Connor gets the big pucks at the Chronicle. There's no doubt. Um, you know, I'm going to say one thing I like and one thing I don't like. Um, the one thing that I like is Otto Porter and how he's fit into this lineup. Um, I think, you know, it was exemplified in, in last night's game against the Kings, but it's kind of been coming on for a while and it happens at both ends, right? I mean, his ability to um, to drop the three ball, 
gives us really great spacing on offense, you know? And so, like, him sitting at the four with Draymond at the five, uh, we're, like, outscoring opponents by, like, seven points um, per 100 possessions, which is just bonkers. And then at the defensive end, right, he's able to actually switch, um, hold things down, even though he maybe isn't the best one-on-one defender. He's still kind of crushing it um, as a help defender, holding opponents to under 100 points per possession, um, per, per 100 possessions. I mean, that's just, like, that's phenomenal, um, you know, basketball ratings. So I just want to give a quick shout-out to Otto Porter on the positive side of things. agree with that. Uh, I mean, we're going to do this down the line. We won't do it today. But one of the signs of how great this roster is and the type of job that Myers did in constructing it is that even though the Warriors are probably at the top of the buyout list now, you know, pick a player, the John Walls, the Kevin Loves of the world. If I am the Warriors, I don't know if I want any of them. I literally don't know if I'd give up anybody for this roster. I actually read a story today looking at why the Warriors aren't going to make any changes to the roster anytime soon. I had sourcing in there that said, we're not going to make any changes to the roster anytime soon. And it's because there's no glaring holes and, and, or weaknesses. And Bob Myers has shown that he's not going to tinker with the roster unnecessarily. He's only going to make changes if, if they weren't changes. And, you know, I mean, I think this, this roster is such a nice mix of vets and youth and they managed to build a bona fide title contender without mortgaging their future, which is not easy to do. And I think, uh, Bob Myers deserves all the credit in the world for that. And um, I don't know about you guys. I actually thoroughly enjoyed that Toronto game. Um, I know that they got blown out, but it was really fun to see Jonathan Kaminga get some meaningful run and go off for 26. And, okay. you know, you get to see like what he's going to be. And it's so exciting. This is the perfect transition. First, I'll admit something to you. When you began that last take with the word actually, my butthole puckered up. I was like, uh-oh, like this fool just wrote an article that said they're trading everybody and hate the roster or something. But no, it worked out. But what you've uh, triggered, Connor, is our theme, right? So we'll push us to our five golden questions. The intro is simple. These is our mailbag. People reach out, give us questions, occasionally themed questions, and they include personal ones. The theme on this one catapults us from what you were just saying, Connor. The special part of this season isn't just that they're building a championship today. They're also building their future. And these questions fast forward us five years and ask us to predict things that will be happening in the 2026 season. So five years from today, what will go down? Have the Warriors been successful in building the future? Here's the first one, and I think it might be the hardest. I'll tell you that all these ones are hard. Um, Marcus, so that I have time to think, I'm going to throw this towards you. Five years from today, what will the starting five be for the Golden State Warriors? Oof. Five years, Steph is what, 38? He's 38 and will be the first year of his new contract if he resigns. You know, so it'll it'll you know because he, he just he just re-upped the extension will have gone through, and so if he is still here, it's a new deal. Yeah, and he probably does like a two-year deal to run up to 40, and, and then he's out. Ah, that's a good question. Um, just to keep yeah, moving, you, I'm going to go. I'll, I'll give I'm you gonna, more background so you can. The, the, it, what this will require is everybody is a new contract, all of them. Right, because the the younger guys will be on the other side of their three year deals. Clay, Draymond, everybody. It's going to be a reset financially. If that helps uh, push anything, Clay will be thirty six. Is the other thing that I looked at. Yep, I still think the core is there and starting. Um, it's probably wildly off, but I'm just going to go with it. So I'm going to say Steph at the one, Jordan Poole at the two, or sorry, Clay at the two. Um, I don't know if they keep Wiggins. I think they go Kaminga, Draymond, and Wiseman. Do you agree? I'll, I'll give you another one. Um, we'll crescendo to you, Connor. All right. So I think Steph as well. I think he resigns. Um, I don't think Clay Thompson starts anymore. I think he's still on the team, but I think at 36, he's coming off the bench, probably still a closer, you know, but, and, and are still a 22, 23 point per game guy, but I don't think he's a starter anymore. So Steph, Poole, Kaminga, Moody, and then a player to be named later. I don't know the fifth. Now it's not that I don't believe in Wiseman. I do, but I don't think they're going to be able to fucking pay him. I think he's going to develop the way that we want. And I think he's ultimately going to be a trade asset over at some point over the next few years. So those are the four 
I, uh, I feel okay about, um, but the whole thing makes me nervous. So Moody, so Moody's the three and, and got Kaminga at the four then? Or? Yeah, I mean, it's a front court that is constantly shifting, right? Um, yes. I mean, they, I, I guess if, I, if, if you had to define each of the roles, yes. And that would require either a really small team or that fifth dude I haven't named to be a, a rim protector, you know, like a, a, jail, a JaVale McGee, who it won't be because he won't be in the league anymore. Yeah, no, I think I think that's I think you made a good point about Clay. I think I think Clay, you know, at 36, uh, given what he's coming back from, probably will not be an elite player. I think he'll be definitely at the very end of his career at that point. Um, if he, you know, he might even not be in the league at that point. Um, so I think it's, but it is hard to imagine them not starting him if he's on the roster. Um, but uh, I'm going to be a wild swing of emotions. You just yeah. brought me through, man. Holy shit. He's not going to be in the league or he might be starting. And just so I don't, you, you weren't, no, I mean, he, I feel like it might be like one of those, like, you know, nods to everything he's done for the organization for him to start. And he's like one of those starter who starters who averages like 15 minutes a game. You should you know, know I mean? that as you completed the, you might not be in the league. Marcus almost reached through the zoom window to punch you right in your face. Like you, you couldn't, you, your eyes were down. So you didn't see the fuck you look he gave you, but it was fantastic. And I really enjoyed it, but I cut you off, dude. So who's your starting five. It sounds like either Clay's done entirely or the starter. I'm not sure where we are. Oh, uh, <laughs> So starter uh, Steph at the one. Uh, I'm going to put Jordan Poole at the two uh, because I think he'll play the majority of the minutes at the two at that point. Um, and then number at the three, I'm going to say it's hard. I, I, I Part of me thinks that Wiggins could still be here, uh, but part of me also thinks that Wiggins is going to, you know, win a win a title or two at the Warriors and be like, okay, I did my, I, I, I did my thing. I'm going to go get some more money yep. and go elsewhere. Um, I think Kaminga, and, and I also think at that time that Kaminga is going to be like knocking down the door of like I'm a starter, bro. Yep. Um, so I think I think Kaminga is the starting three, and then I'm, I'm this is hard because I'm not convinced that Draymond will be an elite player in five years, but uh, he very well might be. I mean, he's 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 surprised us all to this point. Whenever we we count him out, he he like comes back stronger than ever. So um, I'm gonna. I'm going to say Draymond's still the starting four. Um, and then can they afford that, Connor? Can they? So the people you've just named, they'd have to pay Steph, Poole, Kaminga, and Draymond. Those are all brand new contracts. You could, I mean, could they? I mean, literally, like money wise, could they actually do that, do you think? Or, or, or one of those I mean, guys? These, are, these aren't probably aren't going to be max level players by that point. Okay. You know? So, yeah. Um, and I think, I do think that they're going to do whatever they can to keep those guys around until they retire. I think they yep. love that idea of those guys being one team guys, you know? Um, And so I think they're going to keep the core together as long as humanly possible. Um, The five is hard because Kavan's only going to be 20 is only going to be 30 at that point. And Kavan has looked healthier than ever this season. Is that true? Uh, Kavan is 25 years old right now. He looks 35 right now. Like today, (laughs) right now he looks 35. Vaughn's 25. Uh, I know, I know, he's been in the league forever, but he came out after one year at UCLA. He was 19 when he entered the league. So, does he um, age in dog years? Like, what's going on with the? I mean, like, you know what? I won't. No more Kevin. Uh, so I still think he'll be a very well. serviceable, helpful player. Um, but I think with the makeup of the roster at that point, they're going to want you know, and they're they're definitely going to assuming Wisen's still on the roster, they're going to want to like showcase him at some point. So, I, w- I would hope that Wiseman's the starting center. If he's not, he was probably he probably didn't work out, which I still feel is very possible. Um, but I'm gonna say Wiseman right now. So we have Curry, uh, Poole, Kaminga, Draymond, and uh, Wiseman. But let's be honest, guys. I think we might be a little bit too friendly to the core right now. Like, there's not a lot of 37, 38 year old NBA players who are high level starters. Only so, one of us. I cut two of them. Yeah, you didn't hear me say Draymond. I don't even know if he's going to be on the team. If I'm being perfectly frank, I think he might. I think he will retire with the team. Um, but in five years, I you know I don't know that. Who knows where he is physically? And I don't know the contract that they can give these guys. And I I, I think they're going to have to kill some of their babies. You know, I think they're going to get to the point. the The downside of developing a champion now and a future at the same time is at some point that Venn diagram. They're not going to have enough money to do both. You also can't just expect someone like, you know, Kaminga to like wait forever. 
Exactly you right. Know? It's like once he once he finishes that rookie contract, it's like, hey man, I've been doing everything you're saying. I've gotten better every year. I'm I've shown that I'm a legitimate starting caliber wing now. Like, hey, where's my opportunity? You know? Do you see the the quote from Kerr? I mean, I think I stole it from your uh, Twitter account, but Kerr came out and said that he spoke to Kaminga after the Toronto game when Kaminga had 25, and he's like, look, any other team, you're doing this every night. Every night you're doing this, but yeah. here you're learning how to win. You don't say that shit to somebody who's really happy in their role. You know, you don't like the, the fact that he is coming out and having to like, you know, Hey, no, 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 this is part, this is good. makes me nervous that he's already chomping at the bit, you know? So yeah, I think you're completely right. I don't think he's five. stoked to be going to the G league on a regular basis. Um, I can't blame him. I mean, this is the number seven pick in the draft. There's not a lot of top 10 picks who are forced to go to the G league on a regular basis as a rookie. Um, but that's just what the situation is on this team. Yep. And, uh, I think I, I thought that quote from Steve was really prescient. I thought, you know, it's, it's, it, he put it in perspective really well. And I think that ultimately Kaminga is going to be a better player for having, you know, learned from these guys as a rookie. And it is really nice that he can have the occasional game, like that Toronto game where he can be like, Hey guys, I know I'm like waiting yep. in the wings here, but I'm good. So just you know, wait, wait for a couple of years. It's gonna be yeah, fun. and and he, to Carr's point, he needs to get more than two rebounds for how athletic he is. And I think one that was rebound, another, one rebound, one rebound in thirty six minutes. Yeah, so yeah, I think that was a good. I I, I liken it. I agree. I, I liken it to Aaron Rodgers going to the Packers and sitting behind Brett Favre. Um, but one thing, when I was going to reach through the screen um, about Clay Thompson, I think. So KD Listen to is, this, Connor. Fuck you, Connor. <laughs> By the way, I'm going to get, get it, on Twitter for saying this. Yeah. <laughs> I've already – But KD – so KD is back, right? I don't think uh, – you know, he had uh, the same Achilles injury, and <clears throat> um, he's playing at an MVP level right now. I think what's in um, favor of Clay extending and being a starter in five years is that he did not log two years' worth of miles on his – proverbial tires like he had two years off essentially and you know that should for all intents and purposes extend his career a little bit so the fact that kd is back and playing at a high level medicine is advanced and he basically did not log all those minutes including the olympic minutes on those legs i think um, gives him a good shot to still be starting um, over pool who in my opinion will Kerr will make him the Ginobili um, sooner than later and just have him be a permanent, amazing six-man of the year candidate forever. I love fights over... Sorry, can I do some quick damage control real quick, (laughs) please? Because I know know that what I said earlier probably came across wrong. And I I just want to say, like, I'm not a fan because I'm an objective journalist, but of any player I've ever covered, the player I probably most appreciated ever is Clay Thompson. Okay, of who he based off who he is as a person, as a player, all the things. And I am very much looking forward to him coming back. It will be a great day. Um, and I and obviously I hope the best for him. I hope, I, you know, I hope he's a great player. But again, but what he's attempting right now is is something that's never been attempted in NBA history. And there has never been a player who's had two serious injuries back to back like this. Did you say damage control? Because yeah, here's a piece of legal advice. I wouldn't finish this next sentence. <laughs> yeah, if, if what you're trying to do is make us love you for your love for clay, don't tell us how hard it's going to be for him coming back. I'm just saying that we like, issue. we don't know what's going to happen, you know? So it's, it's like, obviously we, we all hope the best, but we don't know. Like there is a world where he's not the same player. I think, I think that odds are he'll be, a very effective player still because he's still technically in his prime and because he's not a player who def- depends on his athleticism. It, really with the Achilles, what, what's affected is your explosiveness, and he's never been a run-and-jump athlete. So the thing that is probably going to be affected is his defense, but I still think that his offense is going to be high level. Um, but I just it's just it's hard to predict because what he's attempting has never been attempted before. Maxime, who's your starting five? Well, I mean, I, I don't know that we need to totally belabor the point because I am generally in consensus with you, Bram. Um, I would say that there's just one of Kaminga or Wiseman um, is not going to be on the squad, right? And um, 
I just it's it's hard for me to like uh, pick right. I I have the benefit of not actually being Bob Myers, so I don't have to like you said kill one of my babies. Um, but I really have high hopes for Wiseman when he comes back. I think he's somehow um, you know uh, undervalued at this point just because he's been out for so long and people forget uh, what kind of an amazing talent he is and and the potential that he has in this league. So you know, but then at the same time, right? Like Kaminga looks fantastic. I think he's got a he's got a bright future ahead of him. Just to your point, there's just no way we can pay all these players. Look, this is a good problem to have. By definition, that killing your babies thing is a writing term that I learned somewhere along the line. You write something, you love everything, but you've got to cut out, you know, a third of it, and so you end up having to get rid of shit that you genuinely like. Killing your babies is what's going to have to happen with this roster. Let's go to our next question. In five years, boys, how much? Will the average ticket to Chase Center cost? Um, so I'll, I'll give you guys some time to think. I'll go first. So, like, you know, let's be realistic. Um, it has to go down at least a little bit. So I'm thinking somewhere between twelve and fifteen thousand dollars per ticket, um, <laughs> and maybe a kidney as well. But I mean, we have, you know, we got more than one kidney. So like, you, you had to get in. No, I will say, with the success the team has had, right, and that people are still um, are, are looking at it as a, like, it's place to go. Presumably COVID will be done. I bet you it will exceed 500 bucks. I bet you the average price to get into Chase Center will exceed 500. I'll say 515. What do you guys got? Jeez. Do we know what it is right now? If we include upstairs, it's something with a two in front of it. Um, if you want to get in downstairs, you are, you know, you're, you're probably paying some with a five now, but the get in price, uh, is I bet you can still get in somewhere, you know, two, two fifteen, something like my, that. My parents were visiting for Christmas and wanted to go to a game. So I looked at tickets out of curiosity and the cheapest ticket was like one thirty. Oh, there you go. Okay. Yeah. Like so yeah, if you have ever- nosebleeds. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. So what do you think? What's your guess, Connor? Having done a little research five years from now, the average ticket will be, um, I'm going to say 450. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I'm going to say, uh, and not to try to be a jerk, but I think Joe Lacob is going to force this. I'm going to say a quarter of an Ethereum. <laughs> <laughs> I think he doesn't even do dollars anymore. I think you got to automatically start using crypto just to get in the door. That answer made me feel equal parts frustrated, annoyed, and old. So <laughs> there's no going back. Maxime, keep the mic, but I'm going to change the question. In five years from today, will Steve Kerr be the coach of the Golden State Warriors? Mm, no, I do not think he will. Also, I'm sorry. I just have to circle back to this. Um, Marcus is basically saying that the price of a ticket on average will be a thousand dollars because Ethereum is worth 4k right now. So that's, that's pretty astounding. You know, I'm not saying he's wrong. It's just like, this is the future that we live in. I, I told you I was already confused. I don't need your <laughs> stupid calculations. Uh, Connor, Steve Kerr, will he be the coach? That's a tough question, man. Cause I never felt like Steve was going to be one of those guys like pop who was just going to be a coach in, into his deep into his seventies. Like I, he's got way too much, like he's got so much perspective. He he's really all about family time. And, and I, I, I felt like he might just coach out his contract and be done. And I think he has what, two years left after this huh. year on his yeah. contract. So, but also there's part of me that thinks he might want to just coach until Steph retires. So I'm a little split on this. I'm being really indecisive on the pod today and I apologize for that, <laughs> but uh, I'm going to say that he's done. Cause I, I, I could really see him just, retiring from coaching after this you know after this contract you know he's he's obviously spreading himself really thin with team usa and you know i think he's going to be burned out and just be like you know what i had a good run but i'm done how when's the next olympics how far are we like two years three i mean i'm well we just had like the postponed one so i think it'd be three years Okay. No. And, and I, you figure he'd like, he didn't sign up to do that for just one, right? You know, like what they want is continuity. So I imagine he probably wants to do at least two Olympics. And what I, if, if that is true, that makes me feel like he will still be here for longer than five years. Like just him accepting this last position seems to, because Connor, what you described really speaks to me. 
Um, I, I think he loved his previous life. You know, I think he could go yeah. back to TV in a fucking heartbeat. Um, and I can see him kind of riding off into the sunset the way, same way he came out of it. You know, like he had all the success and then he disappears. Uh, but this signing up for a secondary role makes me feel like he's committing to the sport. So I think he'll commit to the team. I'll say, uh, I'll say more than five. How about you, Marcus? Yeah, I'm, I'm over too. I think. I don't think he signs up for Team USA if he doesn't if he's not playing on doing at least five more years. So um, I think it's over it, and I think he, when he is done, I think he starts talking to Bob Myers about being the GM. <laughs> you mean he says, "Move over, Bob." Exactly. I mean, they have I a great relationship. Right? I got a like, quick conversational topic for you. Um, I'm thinking about. <laughs> I think you I should probably hire job. somebody for your. I would job. like you to acquiesce to me being. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. God damn it! Fuck you, Marcus. I had <laughs> acquiesce written on my sheet. I've been waiting to say that this whole goddamn episode. And then I you think we all know me. you didn't spell it right, though. That's you for sure. That, that's not what it was about. <laughs> Nobody fucking complimented Connor on how he spelled it, dude. Is that we used it? That's a hard word to spell, by the way. It is. That's how I know you didn't do it right. <laughs> but uh, there is no way that Steve is ever a GM again. I, I did a story a couple of years ago about his run as the Suns GM, and he was so negative about that experience. <laughs> I know it was the Suns, and he had to work for Robert Sarver, but he hated everything about that job. Like he, he, I think he really appreciates what Bob brings to it, but he was basically like, "That is so." such a bad fit for me like i'm not i need to be a guy who's in it every day who's around the players every day like i felt really removed from it and i for me it was not worth being away my family for my family to do that job um which is why he basically quit so I, there's there's no way that he'll be ever he'll ever be in the front front office he'll, he'll be a guy i think he's like 54 or something 53 i could see him being a guy who retires in his early 60s Here's another piece of free legal advice. This is not towards you, Connor. This is towards Marcus's boss. If he or she happens to listen to the podcast, fast forward three or four years, you get a call from Marcus. Don't answer that shit at all. <laughs> He's calling you to be like, oh, I got an idea about how I can take over your job. Like, <laughs> good news. I know who's going to replace you. Here's another question. Not an easy one. Give me the first thought. Let's keep it moving. Um, what player is going to win the most championships over the next five years. Not just Warriors, you know, anybody. What what player do you think has the most titles come 2026? Steph Curry, Draymond Green, and Klay Thompson. I, I agree with that. Uh, I think what we're seeing with this team is that they not only should be the favorites to win this year, but they should be the favorites to win next year and maybe even the year after because they're going to keep the core together. They're all under contract for a while and they have a really nice mix of young guys. And the thing that to me is so impressive about this team is just the depth. I mean, like the 15th guy in this roster is really good. Yep. Like Gary Payton, the second is really darn good at basketball, especially with how the Warriors use him. Juan Escano Anderson can't even get minutes right now. And he was like one of their better players last season. Um, Belly, you know, has been in, in and out of the rotation. He's a very helpful NBA player. So, yeah, I, I, I think it's, I think, I think Maxime's right on that. I think that they're going to start. I, I agree with you guys. Um, and I hope it's a clean sweep. But the thing I will add is they're the it team again. It's not just that this locker room is, is, you know, loves playing with one another. It's not just the success they're having. They go into this offseason and all those veterans, all those people who weren't sure where they wanted to go a couple years ago, they want to come back here. The, you know, the Warriors are back at the top of that pecking order, I believe. Um, and so that this success should perpetuate itself. You know, it should just keep right along rolling. MT, you want to be the contrarian? Are you, are you zagging on us? No, I'm a zig, um, but I think it's close. I think KD and Giannis both have a say in the matter. Um, yep. But I, I think the Warriors are set up perfectly to have this, um, you know, this run of kind of three almost in a row again, a la when Michael Jordan and the Bulls did it. Um, I don't think they do three in a row back to back to back, but I think they're in the finals again. Um, but I think that's also to their detriment. I think they talked about how draining it was to um, go to the finals that many times in a row. So um, I think if they do it again. They have another dynastic run, but that it ends up hurting us for the long run more than anything. That, 
that KD take is probably why Kyrie is suiting it back up, right? They don't want to waste any of the years he has there and the success he's having. Last question, and it's our personal one, one I'm fired up for. So the listener writes in and points out that Wes and I, a while back, did the whole burner question. We did judgment theater. The question was, have you ever had a burner account? We guessed back and forth. But none of you three were here, and the listener specifically calls out that both Marcus and Maxine, and we've never heard from Connor, dodged this question entirely. So the question is, boys, have you ever had a burner account? We're going to guess on all three of us to give you a little bit of background and to, to tease it. I've already admitted to having it, but here's what I didn't do. I have a crazy embarrassing burner story. Crazy embarrassing, so fucking embarrassing that even though I basically bear my soul on this podcast, I've come close to telling the story and then just never have. I will. I will tell it this time, but let's not start with me. Let's start with Connor. What's your guys' guess? I'll go first. I say no. And I say I'm going to go like hard no because Connor, weird sense of like truth and veracity. And I can see Connor be like, that is straightforward lying. Like more than just having a burner. Like, no, that's like some kind of identity theft, something I wouldn't do. It's disingenuous. So not only will he say no, he'll add the cherry on top of, and I would never, that's just, that's not something I would do. So that's, that's my guess for him. What do you guys got? Completely um, agree. I, I completely oh, nice. agree with that entirely. I guess my perspective on it, right. Is that like Connor, Connor has achieved his success, which I think we should, we should all say, you know, or all we would say is that he's got a lot of success, right. And he's done it by the book. Um, and I think we look around at other people who have maybe cut corners and done weird things to get where they are. And like, I know that Connor is the type of person that it would not be proud of where he was had he gotten there by cutting corners. Let the record reflect Mark or Maxim's talking about me. I'm pretty sure he's talking about me, <laughs> but I mean, whatever. We don't have to guess that. Uh, Marcus, what do you think? Um, I'm going to go 100%. He has had a burner account oh. and only because not for any like shady reasons or trying to get back at people like katie i think he used it to do great reporting and sometimes you need that second identity to make sure that what you're looking around for doesn't look like connor sometimes you need to lie to report yeah <laughs> So, just for reporting purposes. Just in, um, that, in that reality, is he like calling people from the other burner account? Like, how is <laughs> how does investigating the just following work? them, just making sure you know? Like, I, uh, Connor Laterno is following you versus if Joe Schmo. There's a, there's a different. Oh, I got you. I I will say I've I've never had a burner account, and uh, the reason is it, it goes back to like when I first graduated college because. I, I graduated college. My first job at a college, I covered Oregon State sports for the paper in Portland, the Oregonian. And I had I didn't have any editors. And so I was 22 years old and I would just I would write like three or four stories a day and I would post them directly to the Internet. And I made a ton of mistakes because I was 21, 22 years old and I was, you know, not ready to have that position. And I made a lot of mistakes and I would get absolutely destroyed all the time in the comment section and on Twitter from uh readers and in my email being like what's wrong with you you have this typo or you you're a joke like blah, blah blah and being 21 22 years old that being my first real job like it killed me like it absolutely killed me like every time i got one of those emails or comments i was distraught and uh i realized that if i was going to stay sane in this industry i needed to not pay attention to them and just have thicker skin so I try not to read the comments. I try not to, I don't sometimes won't even click on emails that I know are negative. Um, and uh, I just, I try to stay away from it because it's, it, it wears on your psyche. If you, if you put too much stock in that. If this is a documentary, the camera would like flip over to me looking at a computer sobbing because all I ever do is read each and every one of those comments <laughs> and to the point that there's a scene in fucking Wreck-It Ralph, the Pixar movie, where he wanders into the comment section and they're like, oh, the, the first rule of the internet is you don't look at the comments. I was watching that with my six-year-old kid and was like, they're right, they're right, never read the comments. And I was like crying then. So dude, you, uh, you learned that lesson a lot 
easier and faster than I did. Let's throw this towards Marcus. So you've changed my answer, dude. My guess is going to be like, no, I don't think that Marcus has. But now we just found out that you think the best way to lurk and like investigate people is to have a burner account. So 100% you do. It sounds like you've had one in like various settings. You had one way back in Facebook. You probably had one in like fucking MySpace. And you've it's just to periodically look at people, you know, like you're not actually interacting. There's no, um, you're not using it to post anything, you know, like that. I've, I've admitted to like, I've posted a bunch of things. I was a hundred percent disingenuous. I don't think you do that, but I, I think you have a voyeur burner account. That's what I think you have. Any other guesses? I, I think based off his last response, <laughs> it was very revealing. He definitely had one for sure. <laughs> Maxine is nine two. No, no, I'm gonna zag, man. I feel like you spend all your time on the basketball court. You don't have time for burners. Thank you. Well, the answer is I feel seen with Maxine. Let's go. Oh. I do not have one. Um, I do just voyeur and lurk, but I just do it with my own account. I just never post on it. So you've never had one? I, I heard you. You don't have one now. You've never in your life. You've never had one. No, I've had one MySpace, one Facebook, and one Instagram. So that person's been following me called Tarkus Mailers, not sure. <laughs> exactly. I think for sure it's you. Fucking I had to use you. your Twitter account just to <laughs> stalk Sarah Todd for these episodes. So I don't, yeah, I would have made one then, but no, it's too much guess. work. Too What's much your work. guess on uh, Maxime, Connor? Um, I'm going to go no. Uh, because I think, I think he's kind of like Marcus where he, he like, voyeurs you know he he definitely pays close attention and will kind of lurk on things and look into things but i don't think he's going taking that extra step of creating a fake account this is probably me projecting i say yes and you've spent hell of time on it like you weren't sure the name that took a while you weren't sure what picture to do that you weren't sure like you're like oh maybe i should make him like a toronto fan to throw people off like no then they would know that so yes and an inordinate amount of time in creating that fake personality I'm going to go yes to, but only because when KD was going through it, Maxine was so sincere about being there for him and understanding what he was going through that he had has to have a burner account to really kind of sympathize and empathize with what's going on. Round out the picture, Maxine. What's the answer? Well, so, I mean, obviously I had to have burner accounts to get KD to actually come meditate with me. It was like a full front. No, I've only had happen. one Twitter account. I've only had one Instagram account. I've only had one Facebook account, whatever else. But I have had like 30 different AOL instant messenger accounts. I don't know if you guys remember <laughs> the yeah. wild west of yeah. the early aughts AIM world. Man, like the thing is, is it was it was carnage, right? And so like people would block you. For, I mean, maybe it's just me, but I was getting blocked left and right, I thought. So I had to make other accounts to see if the people were actually online and they'd blocked me or if they weren't online. So that's the only place where I've, I've had burner accounts and like I probably account for a third of all AOL Instant Messenger accounts that exist <laughs> on that platform. Maxime, you just took me to a dark place because the end of <laughs> the end of my sixth grade year, dude, I was I was broken up with on oh. AIM, oh. and I didn't check my AIM that morning, and I went to school not knowing this girl had broken up with me. Oh, oh, no. I got to school, and everyone's talking about how Haley broke up with me. Oh man! And I'm like, wait, you did? She's like, yeah, I, I messaged you on your AIM last night. Your AIM last night. And you're like, I don't acquiesce. Uh, see, that would have been hella funny if Marcus hadn't <laughs> fucked me earlier. Spell it. <laughs> I can't. We okay, dude. My burners can, but I definitely cannot. Uh, all right, I will come clean with the story and then let's get the hell out of here. So I have admitted in the past, um, Connor, what I said about my burners before is when we were trying to get the show off the ground, I had a ton of burner accounts. Some liked the show, some didn't like the show. I would just, I would create discourse. I'd hop up on a forum, this podcast sucks. And then my other guy would come in, no, it's great. When people were arguing, they would bring other people in and you know, it would, it would help propel the show. Um, so I've been forthcoming about that. Here's the part I have not been. So the years and years and years ago, when Jordan didn't have a basketball season, you know, he, he took that year off to play baseball, Nike still wanted to have a shoe. And so they came out with commercials where Jordan would sneak into gyms under false personalities. One of those false personalities, is a guy named Johnny Kilroy. 
one of my burner accounts was Johnny Kilroy, but I shortened it to John Kilroy. And boys, I had so much fucking detail. This John worked in a footlocker in Bayfair Mall, had moved to Alameda. He hated the commute to San Leandro from like Seattle. Like, I mean, I, I really, I thought this thing out so oh, This deep. is a burner I, account. This sounds yeah, oh, it was. Why did, like, you heard me fucking project on Marcus or on, on Maxine. Like I spent a hell of time putting this together and I, I'm going to save some of the embarrassing adventures of John Kilroy from down the line. Here's the one I'll tell you about now. Early on, we had a bunch of interactions with a guy named Justin. Justin um, had a really active Facebook page that gives you a sense of how far back we went and a pretty active Twitter account. And on his Facebook shit, I'd go on there and post as John Kilroy. And this, you know, this thing is so like, exactly what I was telling you, that what a great podcast, you should listen to it. Well, I was friends with fucking Justin and I just never really thought about how it worked. And, um, after about two or three posts, Justin called me and said, dude, there's this guy, John Kilroy, who really likes your podcast. And I had a moment, gentlemen, where all I had to do was be like, yep, like, yeah, that, yeah that's me. You know, and I appreciate it. And instead I was like, what? There's somebody who really likes it? And I trapped myself in this fucking lie world where Justin and I had talked about John Kilroy. 15, 20 times, dude, like so many times. And every single time I was like, oh, I really need to check out your fucking Facebook page. Like this is fucking unbelievable. So I've had a burner account. I spent hell of time coming up with this bullshit personality. And I didn't only lie about it once, so many times to a guy I really liked. So Justin, if you still listen, dude, I'm so sorry, man. I don't know what happened. I fucking, I dropped that ball. Also, John Kilroy is a real person and don't listen to the last 30 seconds because he's a huge fan. All right, boys, um, that's enough for the misadventures of John Kilroy. Like I said, there's more of that down the line. Connor, loved having you back. I know I'm not alone. For people who need a little bit more Letourneau in their lives, where should they go? Yeah, uh, thanks for having me, guys. It's really good to be back. And just just for my followers out there, you're probably wondering, like, I know I was in an enterprise role. I've been back on the Warriors. I'm going to be doing Warriors with Ron Krojcik at least the next couple months, so I'm going to be – writing a lot of warriors so uh follow me on twitter at con underscore cron um and uh find all my stuff at sfchronicle.com you know where to find us you want to give us a golden question shoot it to our email account maxine where is that at uh acquiesce at warriorshuddle.com that's (laughs) a-c-q-u-i-e-s-c-e i believe Good Shut job. Up, piece of shit. Dude. Nobody liked that. Nobody liked that at all, at all. If you want to follow us on Twitter, it's at Warriors Huddle. And if you'd like to check out this video to see how I've sweat through my shirt, check out my dope ass hat, uh, see the inside of Connor's house, anything, or just support us, generally speaking, the best way to do that, hop on Patreon. You can help us out for as little as a dollar a month. Special thanks to Amy B, Cheryl W, Jeff SK, Noah D, Stephen K, and Brad Q. With that in mind, Go Warriors, hopefully. We'll see you next week. Good, good. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.